Welcome in to the Blitz and Buckets podcast. My name is Jaden Kozak. I am joined by my guest co-hosts, Mr. Mitchell McDonald, Mr. Lake Malkus. Mitchell, how are you doing? I'm doing swell. I've not changed a lot in the last hour from the last one. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad that I've kept your mood so high in the last, well, so stagnant, rather, in the last hour to the point where you can say that. And we have Lake Malkus joining us all the way in Montana, where they don't have a football team for like five states. Hey, man, we hey, have a game doing? this Saturday. Well, we lost the last one. I'm good. I'm good. I am in Montana now. <laughs> the weather out there, by the way. It was good. It's uh, consistent 60 degrees. Kane would love that. Uh, so... <laughs> We're hitting the final division wrap up. I know, I know we're, we're finally here. Hooray. So we're finally doing the eighth one. Week one is two days away. Uh, We're going to get this one out and then we're going to get the week one outlook out. And we're going to start right off with the 49ers who had a very, very rough season last year. Team coming off of a Super Bowl appearance Finished six and ten after injuries completely derailed their season. They lose George Kittle for a significant amount of time. They lose Jimmy Garoppolo. They lost Mostert for a few games. They lost Nick Bosa for the entire season. They lost Eric Armstead for a few games. Richard Sherman, I believe, had problems with injury. And Jason Verrett, just guessing, probably missed a game or two. I have no evidence hey. on that, but you know, <laughs> there's he probably did. I think you're uh, right, actually. Yeah, the best part was kind of tough to come up with because this was a team with very high expectations and have high expectations coming into this year. And none of those expectations were filled because it's really hard to pick out a player that said they did well because they were all hurt. Brandon Ayuk, the first round pick. Yeah, their first round pick. Brandon Ayuk was a highlight. Uh, Fred Warner also solidified himself as one of the two or three best linebackers in the league. And Trent Williams, I wouldn't really say had a career resurgence because he was still one of the top tackles while in Washington, but he would, he just got a huge deal as we'll talk about in a second. Do either of you have any other bests for the 49er season last year? We'll start with Mitchell. Their running game was actually really good despite all the injuries. I mean, the mixture of Mostert and Wilson looked really good still. Yeah. And they're always going to have a committee. They're, you know, a team that has been fairly committed to that. Uh, they, I keep spoiling the offseason. Lake, do you have any other bests for the 49er season last year? Um, oof. It's tough. I'm just going to have to agree with Mitchell on the run game. And, you know, you know, Shanahan's always going to will his team to do the most. So, you know. Not many great things, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. You just – I mean, what can you – like, what can you do? What can you do when your what, best players are just – Are just decimated. dropping left and right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's impossible for them. Like, you can't confidently go out and be like, we're going to win this week. Be- you, when you lose Kittle, your best player on offense, Bosa, who's your best player on defense, you just – and you're constantly losing these guys. And you were a team that was Jimmy. supposed to, yeah. And Jimmy G, who might be the worst player on now. Um, mm. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um, but this was a team that was supposed to come back and compete for a Super Bowl again. I mean, they literally were just in the Super Bowl the year before. And when you just watch your guys just drop like that, I mean, you, you can't really do anything, which takes us to our worst of the season, which was the injuries. <laughs> I mean, Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I can't really expect anything to be good from with all the position groups that got hurt. So, I mean, do either of you have any worse other than the injuries? Ooh. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it, it really I'd say that was pretty bad. Yeah. I, it doesn't get much worse than the injury luck they had last. Like, it was ridiculous. And, it, yeah, it was and it's not even like felt bad for him i mean obviously it is the amount of guys because they did have a lot of guys get lost to injury but it was the quality of player that they just kept like kittle like i mentioned kittle bosa uh, jimmy g like huge important positions for that team just kept 
falling apart. So that takes us to the offseason, uh, in which they make a huge move that a lot of people didn't see coming. At least I know I didn't. To trade up from 12 to number three to draft Trey Lance. This was a huge story because not only did they make this move about a week or so, maybe two weeks before the draft, but on draft night, Aaron Rodgers, the story gets leaked about him wanting out and Aaron Rodgers from California, Shanahan loves Rodgers. And I'm sure that they were, you know, blowing up their phones, trying to get Rodgers for that third pick, but they ultimately don't get him. They get Trey Lance, North Dakota State, not a huge school, but they're the same school that brought Carson Wentz. He's a project, or at least I think he's the project. I don't think there's a better school or a better team for him to go to than San Francisco. What do you, Mitchell, what do you think? I, I definitely think it's going to take some adapting for him just because in the preseason, he didn't even pass for 50%. I, I do think they'll try to pull like a Taysom Hill like package for him just because they have such a good run game and Jimmy G lacks any running ability at all. So Shanahan would love to have a running quarterback for a few schemes in there, but it's at least going to be a year. Like, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I actually really like Trey Lance. I think he's super talented and yeah, he did not, do amazing in the completion percentage department in the preseason. But to be fair, I saw yesterday that his receivers had like 10 drop passes throughout the preseason. But, you know, I think I really like Trey Lance. I think he's going to work well in that offense. And if anyone's, you know, that's a really good situation to go to in San Francisco. So, yeah, it was like, I didn't know who they'd take it three, honestly. But I think Trey Lance was the right move. Well, and I completely forgot about this, but there was a lot of talk that it was going to be Mac Jones at three. Yeah. And like at the time, everybody was like shitting on Mac Jones because, you know, people even thought Justin Fields was a better prospect than Trey Lance. Yeah, much less Mac Jones. And then now Mac Jones looks great in the preseason. So, you know, I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to be better than Trey Lance, but everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like when you've got Trey Lance who has that super high ceiling, whereas Mac Jones doesn't really have that. It, it just felt weird to everybody. And because he's chubby, you're right. But yeah. Trey Lance, a fellow, is it big sky? The conference big, in Montana? Big sky, big sky. Yeah. Conference. I mean, yep. I think Trey Lance actually put up like 60 big points and he put up like three. I think. Well, yeah. I think that was the score. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but we love yeah. How we does played, a top uh, three pick in the NFL draft end up in the big sky? I twice, I twice in the last five years, a top three I pick don't know. has come in the big sky. But you know, go Bobcats, right? They never lose. <laughs> go Bobcats. <laughs> uh, the 49ers also spent some money this offseason. They extend Trent Williams, who is 32, to a six-year, $138 million deal. Again, a lot of that is some of that ghost fake money, like not as much as Taysom Hill, but it's not all of it's guaranteed because he will be 38 by the time that contract is up. Uh, They make him the highest paid tackle in the NFL. And they also extend Fred Warner, who is, was the highest paid linebacker until Darius Leonard got paid uh, a week or so ago. Uh, for five years, 95 million. Mitchell, what do you think of both of those extensions? I think Williams was necessary for the meantime, just because he looked filthy for a guy who had missed over a year of football entirely. So that was necessary to keep that run game alive. And Warner is going to be like a steeple middle linebacker for years to come and keep the core of that defense together. So there's always a high ceiling, well, high potential with this team especially solidifying left tackle and middle linebacker right now lake what did you think of those extensions um i yeah i'm gonna have to agree with mitchell trent williams is pretty necessary you know he's he's insane so 
you know, keep them for as long as you can have them good. Um, Fred Warner, probably the best linebacker in the league, and he's super young. So, you know, you got to lock him down. So, yeah, I think those were good extensions. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the only other offseason move of note, unless either of you can come up with it, they did let Richard Sherman walk, but that wasn't the one I was referring to. They did draft Trey Sermon, who was the fourth running back off the board, I believe, maybe fifth. Um, and I think he's going to do great here. It's just a matter of him getting starting, you know, 15 plus touches a game, which I don't know if I see happening soon anyway, just because they've always ran a committee. Like mentioned, Mostert's still there. And fantasy wise, anyway, I don't love him yet. Now, if Mostert gets hurt, I love Trey Sermon. I want Trey Sermon I, I, on my yeah, team. I'd like him only if he got hurt because I, I saw today that. Not completely random stat, but the 49ers apparently haven't had a thousand yard rusher since Frank Gore in like 2014. So yeah. I like, yeah, I don't want Trey Sermon unless most is hurt. I just thought that was a weird stat. I don't know. But I bet they've probably had a thousand yards rushing each and every year yeah. just because of, you know, how good the backs that they, because they had Mostert and Coleman and last year, well, McKinnon towards ACL in week one, but that's what Jared McKinnon does. Um, anyway, that, that leads us to ceiling floor. Um, Mitchell, what's your ceiling floor for the 49ers? Ceiling, 13 wins, floor, seven. If Jimmy G goes down and they try to rush Lance in. Okay, Lake ceiling floor. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go one lower. I'm going to say 12 wins for the ceiling and floor probably seven. Yeah, it really just depends on the injuries. They're such It's a really good team. They just got really unlucky. Yeah, I, I personally love this team. I love the way it's constructed. You know, their weaknesses outside of corner, I'd say the weaknesses that are at, are at positions that don't matter as much in their strengths are – I think Trey Lance will become a strength by the end of the season. Um, right. Big Sky Lake guy. Just flexes muscles because he's a <laughs> Big Sky affiliate. Um, so ceiling. Strength. Because they don't have that high-end quarterback play yet, I have to go 13. Uh, but floor. Honestly, the floor is nine wins. This is a very, very good roster. And I, I can't see them losing less than nine. I can't see them. I can't see them winning less than nine games. <laughs> All right, which takes us to <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, who finished a horrible eight. Oh wow! Ouch, Just man. completely disappointing. Look, look. honestly, probably one of the worst three teams in the league last year. Um, the best. Not much to stones. think of. Uh, I mean, maybe you can throw in like Kelvin Beachum had a pretty good year right. last year. Former Seven, Steeler. Seventh round pick, uh, man. But yeah, best. Mitchell, do you have anything for best? Best? Uh, I don't know. Kenyon Drake was pretty good. Well, and they lost him. <laughs> so, I mean, this it, they can only be worse this year. Glorious okay. too. Him and Pat Pete. <laughs> I want serious answers, guys. All right, fine, fine. God, you're asking entirely too much for me to run a serious podcast. They went eight and eight last year. They missed the playoffs because Kyler is five ten. Two and a half. Yep, there he is. Um, Kyler Murray was fine last year. He was good. He did make improvements just about across the board from his rookie season. Um. And I would say the best from their season last year was Kyler Murray solidifying himself as a top QB and then Hopkins being exactly what they brought him in to do. Um, Mitchell, do you have any actual bests? Actual best? Actual best. I, I didn't see a lot more outside of Kyler Murray that I can definitively describe as the best. They had some bright spots, I was though. I like That's Buddha. what I was thinking. I don't like Buddha. Lake? 
you can't say the entire roster. What were your bests from last season? <laughs> well, <laughs> Kyler Murray. He was, quarterback, he was back receiver, tight end, offensive <laughs> line, defensive line. Oh, yeah, our tight end, Max Williams. Or, and Dan Arnold. <laughs> Ravens legend. Arnold, who we don't have anymore. Max Williams, who had 280 rece- receiving yards. But, uh, no, Kyler Murray, um, amazing, talented, short. No, he was great. He had 4,000 4, yards passing. That's right. I'm going to round it up. Not 3,900. 37 total touchdowns in his second year. Come on. That, that's that's great, dude. That's great. He did amazing, and he got injured in week 11 and stopped rushing as much. Like, his rushing production cut in half. So, he would have had more. It sucked. He would have had more. No, he Which not would, unless you have Unless you have more bests, because... DeAndre Hopkins, 1,400 yards. Amazing. Is that that's, it? that's pretty I average. I don't want to keep him. cutting you off. Peter Baker. I do want to take the momentum of Kyler Murray getting hurt in week 11 and not running the ball into the worst for the Cardinal season last year, which, uh, well, since you, you had this point, Mitchell, what were your worsts? My worst the was game. them after the injury because they really became one-dimensional, and I don't think if people can respect Kyler, if they don't have the threat of him rushing – his passing ability isn't elite. He's good enough with his legs opening up the field for him, but if you limit his mobility, he's an average quarterback. Yeah. Um, Lake, I'm going to skip you because I feel like your opinion here doesn't uh, – I disagree. Little, I think Kyler's a little passer. <laughs> he, uh, uh, he throws like a top five deep ball in the league. Just saying that. Just saying. Dude's got some arms. I will also add, so I'm going to do my worsts. Uh, My first worst is from weeks nine to week 17, because this was a team that started six and two (laughs) and finished two and six. And I know Kyler Murray got hurt, but, and as I wear a big Ben Roethlisberger jersey, I'm not the one to talk about mid-season to late-season collapses, but it did happen. <laughs> it did. finish two and six. And I'm not my other words, I'm, I'm sorry, Lake, but it was Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Okay. You take Fair. him. You take him at seven. And yes, he eight. is an athletic freak. Eight. You take him at eight. And yes, he is an athletic freak. He can do everything. Do I think he has potential to be very, very good? Yes. But what he showed me last year, very, very disheartening. If I was a Cardinals yeah. fan, like I would be extremely disappointed. Yeah. I know me and you have these back and forth about him, but I'll be completely honest. It was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, he had flashes of, you know, just like that showing off that freakish athletic football player that he is. But overall, he was not that great for us, but I'm not too worried. You know, everyone says, you know, it's just preseason, but he's been doing amazing in the preseason, but you know, I think he's got the tools and, you know, I think he'll benefit with the actual, you know, preseason um, uh, season, not being affected by COVID. So I think he'll benefit from that. And I think he'll be great, but you know, disappointing, very disappointing rookie season. You know, you saw flashes and, you know, that's all you can look for when he sucked. So, you know. <laughs> I agree. I, t- I totally agree. Isaiah Simmons should be good the at player. something. I mean, he, will, he will be good at something. If he's not a great coverage player, he will be fine as a run stopper and just somebody that you can send through the middle on blitz. He, we played him in edge, too. I was like, geez. Yeah. Like, and that's really another thing. You, throwing him out in the all positions. You can, yeah. you can use him as safety. He I think he's very good. Yeah, I think he definitely 
is better, the best. He played the best at middle linebacker. And on the depth chart, he replaced Jordan Hicks. So obviously he's doing something right, even though Jordan Hicks is basically a trash can, the middle linebacker position. But, you know, I'm excited for Isaiah Simmons this year. And should we go to the other linebacker that we got or we're getting there. All right. So I guess Lake, I guess Lake is taking over the show and he's going to transition into the off season. A very very busy off season for the Arizona Cardinals. A, and this isn't even really an off season move. You get Chandler Jones back and you pair him with JJ Watt. Yeah. You pair him with JJ Watt who is one of the best defensive players ever, maybe a bit past his prime and a bit injury prone, but he's still J.J. Watt. He's still humongous. Lake, as a Cardinals fan, he's humongous. What, do you think of, what do you think of the J.J. Watt signing? Um, I think it's a great signing. I really liked it. Uh, I think we paid him 15, 15 million a year. Um, not all of it's guaranteed, of course, but, you know, I think it's a great signing. As you said, Hall of Famer, probably one of the best defensive players ever, definitely of our generation, aside from like Aaron Donald. But I think he'll be great when paired up with Chandler Jones. Um, and I, honestly, just a great voice in the locker room for the young guys. Like you, you want a guy like that in the locker room that can have that impact. Like every, when J.J. Watt speaks, you're going to listen as a defensive player. And, you know. yeah, I agree. I agree. Mitchell, what do you think of the Watt signing? I like him more of a motivator to the team rather than actually being a true contribution. Like, he'll still be solid, but he's not anywhere what he used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do think that this team, because they're a fairly young team, I mean, they've got veterans, you know, a couple positions, but, but – this is a fairly young team that I think could use some veteran leadership from a guy like J.J. Watt, who's been to conference championship games, who's been one of the worst teams in the league. You've got, you know, different areas of the spectrum that J.J. Watt has been on, and he's been in the league for a while. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that signing. I also like the trade for Rodney Hudson, who the Cardinals, really like were able to, Cardinals were able to sweep in and capitalize on the Raiders blowing up their offensive line, which was their only strength outside of tight end for no good reason, and capitalize and get arguably the best center in the league for a third-round pick. Lake, I'm going to continue to start with you as the Cardinals fan. What do you think of the trade for Rodney Hudson? I love it. I mean, there's you're not going to get a guy in the third round who's as good as Rodney Hudson. It's simple as that. He's going to help Kyler so much. It, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and, and the story. interior offensive line was yeah. a pretty big need for you guys. So big it fills a need. need. Mm-hmm. Big talent, you know. Uh, Mitchell, I'd imagine you have the same things to say about this signing or trade, rather. I'm just more worried about his health because he did struggle with it last year, and he's only getting older. So we'll see if he can hold up. But when he's in, he's obviously a huge impact player for him. Okay. Okay. So with the 16th pick, Lake, this was one that you sat in my living room and with a little bit of uh, disappointment on your face and me with a little shock on my face, Zayvon Collins with the number 16 pick. Boom. Go go ahead. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn? Okay. Um, So at first, of course, you know, our cornerback room, Still, our cornerback room is kind of stinky. So I was, and I think Caleb Farley was there, or like some other one of the other good corners. And I was just like, "Okay, guys, we've had a great off season this far. Let's not mess this up." And then Zaven Collins, a projected second rounder. Yeah, it was a reach. It was a reach. I really, I think, yeah. It, but you know, at first reaction, I was like, "What the hell are we doing?" But upon and then analyzing it, it's I am not angry at the pick anymore. I think he'll actually be really, really good because we do need run stoppers. Our run defense is not good at all. So I think Zayvon Collins is definitely going to help with that. And he's super athletic. You pair him with Isaiah Simmons. I think they complement each other very well. But, you know, 
We'll see. We'll see. He's been doing really good in the preseason. Yeah. The one issue that I take with the Zayvon Collins selection is you did just draft the middle linebacker last year. Yeah. And, you know, he was – there's still all the potential in the world. Like, I'm not – I'm obviously not ready to write Isaiah Simmons off yet. And then to go get Zayvon Collins, even when you still have Jordan Hicks, who's not the worst player in the world, I feel like there were other needs, especially when you lose Patrick Peterson. I know you did take Byron Murphy two years ago at corner. You still have a need at corner. You still arguably have a need at receiver. I know you – not even going to let you get started. Um, <laughs> Mitchell, what did you th- Mitchell, what did you think of the Zayvon Collins selection? I actually liked it. I mean, it was obviously a reach, but having a nice tandem at middle linebacker is never an issue, especially when you can put Simmons anywhere on the field where you need him to be. He's not necessarily the cut and dry, like middle linebacker. Collins is a little better for that than him. Like Jordan Hicks. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Simon Collins is that big. You know, he's like 6'6". He's actually pretty quick too. So I think he'll be good. I think it'll be very good. But, you know, there was a reach. And sometimes you reach, like the Raiders. Yeah, at least yeah. you weren't the Raiders. <laughs> at least we were the selection. Please, let's make, this a ra- let's make this a Raiders hate set. Raiders slander. Hate cast. Um, yeah, Raiders hate. Classic Raiders drafting a player two rounds too early because they put up big <laughs> numbers at a big school and they're a senior. Um, the Cardinals basically had no other relevant draft picks, which would move us on to AJ Green and James being selected or being signed, rather. What does everyone think of James Connor and AJ Green? Uh, podcast listeners, like he's avoiding our new wide receiver from Purdue, Rondo Moore, and he's actually really good. Okay, now we can move on to James Connor. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Now it James Conner is okay. I don't know, man. It's <sighs> I mean, would you like me to honestly, go like <laughs> yeah, just cries? <laughs> James Conner, man. No, yeah, go ahead, Mitchell. I'll form my opinion. I I honestly don't mind the AJ Green signing just because they were so devoid at wide receiver that even any sort of solid wide receiver being there <laughs> is better than Christian Kirk. And James Conner was kind of he, – he was a serious value pick. He's got a serious prove-it season ahead of him because he signed for next to nothing with the <laughs> only team that was offering him anything. Yeah. So I think he's going to have a little bit of fire underneath of him, and he might do better than what the Steelers fan in this podcast would care to say. <laughs> Well, we've got Najee now, so I don't care what support James Conner. Any running back ever should support not James Conner. James Conner will be just like Rashard Mendenhall. He will go to Arizona from Pittsburgh and become irrelevant. Wow, he'll he'll probably be fine. There's definitely talent in there. I I can't blame James Conner 100 for not being great last year because people forget James Conner was like pretty good for the first four or five weeks of the season. I started him in fantasy for a good portion of the season last year. Pro bowler, man. Come on. Well, you know? <laughs> it was a lot of volume. It was a yeah, lot of yeah, volume. It was a lot of volume. With- oh, like, don't sit there and try and slander me. You're on your team now. Also, I'm going to take, take this time. I'm going to take this time. I'm going to get up on my podium. I hate position players that aren't quarterbacks wearing single-digit numbers. Okay, Every yeah. time I, I see James Conner wear number six, I want to throw up in my mouth. That's about disgusting. Chase Edmonds it's wearing awful. two. What about that? What about that? It's not worse than James Conner wearing number six. I, what about, I, what about Buda Baker wearing three? Doesn't that just make you want to vomit? You all, the only one that, that the Steelers had was yeah. Melvin Ingram wearing number eight, which is that's hideous. Kinda, that's pretty stinky. Yeah, but, pretty stinky. but I'm going to probably buy it just because it looks like a Lamar jersey from far away. So it just, you know, we got to have good quarterback play somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it so, my thoughts on James Conner oh, yeah, now? Or? Go ahead, oh, go yeah, ahead. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to start with A.J. Green. I like it. You know, I like it. It's okay. I think, you know, if, if we can get 60% of A.J. Green, that's okay. 
I'm <laughs> no, it's solid. Okay, he, I'm gonna say it. He's been pretty good at training camp, apparently. So <laughs> just, just throw it out there. No, um, James Conner. I hope. I you guys hope know Dwayne is. Haskins has been doing really good. <laughs> I don't. Camp. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. No, James Conner has too. <laughs> God, I hope he has that fire under him that Mitchell was talking about. If he we can get Pro Bowl James Conner, fine with it. But other than that, I mean, I guess he survived cancer, so that's cool. But wow, <laughs> he's wow. got a good. He's got a good willpower. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> I mean, survived some... cancer, so I, I, I guess anyway. I, I, I've heard he's got some courage. You know, he's got when the willpower. Sign, I was like, who's this guy? And then they were like, oh, he's the guy who beat cancer. And I was like, oh. it, was a, it was a pity signing. <laughs> You act like it was a make-a-wish sign. <laughs> oh, great. James Conner. <laughs> all Monopoly money. He gets to pretend to be a running that's back for gets, season. That's why he gets number six, because no one else wants number six. No one else wants it, yeah. All right. So before we spend any more time talking about this awful, awful, awful organization. Ow. <sighs> I, I can't even dispute that. Ceiling, ce- ceiling floor, Lake Malkus, Arizona Cardinals. What is it? Oh, oh ceiling seventeen, floor seventeen. No, uh, ceiling <laughs> ceiling would probably be eleven to twelve, floor. You know, can't do can't do worse than last year, right? Can't do worse. So floor nine wins, boom. We're you know I with this division it's so hard to tell. I every team has a good shot of making the playoffs at least two rounds in. So it's, it's really just a wild card race, but. For ceiling, I'm going to say 11 and Lake don't kill me for the floor, but they are the least proven team of the division. So I'm going to say six is the floor. Fine. I wasn't, dude, I love Cardinal slander just because of Lake. Like, I had no issue with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, or anyone on that roster it's like, until Lake became a Cardinals fan. There is no, there's no reason to hate. We haven't done anything to make like, anyone hate us. Well, you lost to us in the Super Bowl, so. Oh, we hate you guys. You shouldn't hate us. Everybody <laughs> hates them. Everyone hates yeah, the Steelers, yeah. though. Yeah. Did you see that? Don't hate when you're the best. You earlier. <laughs> I hate you because you're the best, right? Right, right. Um, ceiling for the Cardinals, twelve. Because I, I can't see them. Yeah, I can't. I can't see them Dominating. winning more than twelve because they do have to play the Rams twice, the Seahawks twice, and the 49ers twice, which could very well be six losses for them right there. I do. Now, I'm not saying that they won't win a game in their division, but it could be. Those are six losable games. True, yeah. Um, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, floor. But, oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> floor, I won't go as low as Mitchell, but he. I do agree. They are the, loose, the least proven team in this division with the most roster holes of anyone in this division. And, I mean, like we were talking about earlier with the best, outside of Kyler Murray and then obviously DeAndre Hopkins, it was kind of hard to pick out another strength that they had last year. So that's what makes it tough for me. So floor, I'm probably going to say eight. No, I'm going to say seven because they mm. did finish the season two and six last year. True. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Like I, in the deepest part of my heart, do believe that Kyler Murray can be an MVP. And if he is an MVP next season, I've, I've seen a lot of people have him as like the dark horse MVP candidate and I can't agree more. He's got everything you need, need to become an MVP. And if he does, I mean, then we win the Super Bowl. So no, our no, first that's one. not, that's not Ever. what that, no, that's not what that means. Um, it perfectly does, correlates every time. He does have the narrative. He, he mm. will have the narrative, <laughs> you know, there are only a few players that I would say have the narrative more. I think Aaron Rodgers obviously has the most narrative than yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Matt Stafford probably has more narrative, but definitely has less of a chance to win the MVP. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But I, I wouldn't mind 
putting, if I was a gambling man, putting some money down on Kyler Murray for MVP. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be super fun to watch, you know. Yeah. I mean, it would be very reminiscent so of Lamar's, Lamar's season, but worse. Uh, Better throwing. Moving on to the Rams. Throwing. Moving on to the Rams. <laughs> who finished 10-6 and six last year. Lost to the Packers in the divisional round. Yes, in the divisional round. Um, the best, kind of hard to argue, they were the number one defense in the league last year. Um, do either of you, Mitchell, do you have any other bests? Yeah, their best was definitely Brandon Steele. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Does that mean the Chargers will be the number one defense this year? Is that? Number one. We don't team. have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, so I don't Number think so. But you have Brandon. But you have Brandon Staley. Come on, that's all you need. Yeah, we'll be it's better. To win, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blake, do you have any bests? Uh, yeah. Number one defense. I mean, <laughs> how how is that not a best? Hard, you know? I mean, hard hard to argue with the number one defense. And Jaden, um, you keep dodging the uh, the main force on that defense. Jalen Ramsey? Um, starts, I think it's AD, you know, one defensive player of the year over somebody. Or Adrian Peterson does not play for the Rams. Um, not, not AP. Anthony Davis is also in LA <laughs> for AD. Anthony Davis plays for the Lakers. Like, use your head. <laughs> um, the worst, however – was Jared Goff, in my opinion, because this defense obviously has it. The weapons are there, and Cam Akers was good enough. Is Jared Goff, if if this team didn't make it far last, and I know that he was, you know, banged up for that playoff game, but I think the reason why this team didn't make it further was ultimately Jared Goff. Mitchell, do you have any disputes with that? Or any other words? Not at all. Nope. Fair enough. Lake? Nope. Jared Goff is weak, and now he's in Detroit. That's where you go. He's going to die. <laughs> That's where Probably they go to die. <laughs> all right. When you're weak, you go to Detroit. Um, that moves us to the offseason, which uh, another extremely busy offseason. Uh, starting off with probably the biggest trade we had this offseason with Matt Stafford getting moved out of the scum bottomless hell Detroit <laughs> and as much as I love a good Detroit slander podcast I don't know I don't know how much we can do that today <laughs> but Matt Stafford has finally made it out of the slums and he is in LA two first round picks and Jared Goff to Detroit for Matt Stafford. Mitchell, what were your thoughts on that trade? Uh, I do like it a lot for them. Obviously, they get a much better quarterback upgrade. And you guys, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I know you guys did talk about it the week it came out, but I feel like for Stafford, it's going to be a make-or-break season for him on determining whether or not he's actually an elite quarterback because he has no excuses anymore. Yeah, Blake? Yeah, I'm, I agree with Mitchell. I think it's like, this is your year. You know, you left Detroit, and you've always been kind of like a fringe top 10 quarterback. Everyone's been like, he's got the talent. He's got the arm strength. Yeah, and it's that. always, it's, it's always yeah. been the, uh, like, well, yeah, he's super talented, but he's in Detroit. But now you can't say, but he's in Detroit anymore. He's in L.A. under McVay. So yeah. there's no excuses now, and he's got the weapons. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I, I like to trade for him. They're just extending yeah. that Super so, Bowl window. Yeah, personally, I was a big fan of it. Um, I wasn't entirely with, like, everybody super hyping up Matt Stafford into, like, the top six quarterbacks in the NFL because I just don't think he's that. Um, but, and, you know, him moving to that, it was like, oh, well, now he's a top six quarterback because he's not in Detroit. He's not quite there yet, but he's not a puppet like Jared Goff was, for lack of a better word, where McVay just, you know, told him, you're going to do this, you're going to take three steps, you're going to throw it to this guy every time. 
and you're just going to do this over and over again. Now he can actually extend plays and he can work out of structure, which is something that Jared Goff is not very good at. And like you said, he extends this team Super Bowl window, not super far because he is, you know, 30. Old. Yeah, he's yeah. up there. I think he's 30, he's 30 something. Um, but he definitely makes this team, I wouldn't say a sneaky Super Bowl favorite, but mm-hmm. they're not they're not talked about like the Bucks or the Packers or the Chiefs. Um, they also traded Michael Brockers to Detroit. What was that, Mitchell? <laughs> Should they be included in the conversation though? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Well, two best defensive players in football, probably. They did yeah. trade away Michael Brockers, so oh right, yeah. No, right. Um, but they also lost John Johnson to Cleveland, which was probably what the third best player on that defense last year. Um, so pretty big loss, and then not so much off season, but training camp. Cam Akers tears his Achilles, who was supposed to be like one of the players that's on the up this year, you know, second year coming in. He'll he's finally got the offense figured out. He looked really great down the stretch, and now they've lost him, but he will be replaced somewhat by Sonny Michelle, who they just traded for recently. Um do either of you think that Sonny Michelle makes a legitimate impact on this team? Mitchell, you can start. Uh, I think it's going to be necessary because you can't run it through Daryl Henderson the entire year because he's clearly not an alpha back. Like, um, yeah, I think it's just you know they just do a committee and it works. I get that's that's about it. Sonny Michelle is not going to be a game changer or anything. It really does suck about Cam Akers too. Yeah, it really does suck about Cam. Who will be? James Conner. And speaking of game changer, Jake Funk. Mm. (laughs) Maryland alumni (laughs) will be probably, what, 2,000, 2,200 yards this year for Jake Funk? I'd say no. Yeah, I'd say no less. No less. I'd say (laughs) – I like that you highlight this as their best draft pick as opposed to Tutu Atwell and the other, like, five guys they took before him. Jake Funk is the game changer. It's Jake Funk. It's Jake Funk. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Another (laughs) signing that I did not have written down here was Deshaun Jackson, who, listen, I know he's made of glass, but if you can get him to just make like one big Deshaun Jackson play for you, like six games out of the season, that's all you are asking from Deshaun Jackson. If he can give you like one 60 yard bomb and that's it in like six games. If he can that, play that, six games, that's a miracle. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, a, that's another, that's a whole other thing. But he also gets to be that guy in front of Tutu Atwell, who, you know, is a very similar player. And, you know, maybe Tutu Atwell becomes something and he can become that third receiver that has kind of been a bit elusive for the Rams since they've had this Cooper Cup and, Robert Woods tandem. Uh, but again, no worries at the running back room with Jake Funk in there. And <laughs> I expect this to be the best offense in the NFL simply because of that. Um, ceiling floor for the Rams. Mitchell, I'll start with you. Ceiling, if everything goes as they're kind of like expecting it to, I could see them getting to 14 with legitimate quarterback play. Floor. I don't see them lose or being below 10 wins. They're still going to be a solid team regardless. Like? Yeah. Um, you know, with Jake Funk, the sky's really the limit. So, yeah. Hell, win. 17 and 0. Yeah. It, they, they have the perfect record. They'll probably go nine. They'll, yeah, yeah. they'll go 30 and 0. I mean, yeah. yeah. They'll start picking up games. They go on the complete undefeated season, something Brady could never do. With Jake Funk at the helm, but uh, no, I, I yeah, they're such a great team. I can't even lie. Um, Thirteen wins would probably be the ceiling, and yeah, ten. ten uh, they can't, they can't lose more than ten games. It's no way. They'll Mitchell, probably you seem beat the shit out of us. 
Oh yeah. Mitchell, you seem a little bit See. bullish on the Rams. You seem first bullish. you had your little Super Bowl conversation. Yeah, should they be in there? And then now 14 wins is a ceiling. Well, they have no excuses to not be good, so <laughs> I suppose. Ceiling 13, floor 10. I I'll stick with Lay. And this hurts me to say it, but I, I wanted to have this conversation. Um even though we're totally running over time. Um, <laughs> do you both think that Aaron Donald is the best offensive player ever? Mitchell, I'll start with you. Ever or in the league? Ever. That's a conversation. Ever. Ever. If, he, if, he, if he sticks at this pace he's at, it's going to be hard to deny it. Like if he keeps getting like close to 15 sacks every year while still being triple teamed, yeah. Okay, Lake, I know you kind of have a differing opinion. I think Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player ever. What he does from the interior defensive line position is ridiculous. He is triple teamed on like 70% of his plays, and he still gets, you know, in the – realm of like 14 to 15 sacks a year and i know the whole lawrence taylor all that sort of stuff but the yeah, you know you know the, the other all time blah 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 the second the greatest, yeah, but he did cocaine. Player. yeah and i'm pretty yeah. sure he was a pedophile so yeah he that was too. a pedophile. <laughs> pedophile so until aaron donald is drug is addict aaron, until aaron donald yeah. is convicted as a pedophile i'm not putting him as he best did beat the hell out of that one dude didn't he or was that like no, that was a that? fake. That was fake. Okay. Yeah. That would have just added to his resume. No, but I, I think Aaron Donald right now is like right there is the best defensive player of all time. And just one more good season out of Aaron Donald. Done. One more defensive player of the year. It's over. You can't. It's it's over. Well, personally, we have as many as I think voting. <laughs> And I'm not going to get into this because <laughs> this is not an AFC North podcast. But I think voter fatigue sets in this year. Um, I'm not saying that I think TJ Watt will win it because he may not even be on our roster. Wow. Um, that, yeah, that, no, that makes you feel. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. See it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it'll probably end up going to someone else unless Aaron Donald does like more historic things than Aaron Donald usually does, which would basically have him breaking the sack record while triple teamed. I think it'll, you know, could go to a Miles Garrett, somebody like that, that's just been breaking through. Well, Garrett's Garrett's going to look way better. Yeah. Miles Garrett's my favorite this year. But I'm not, I'm not exactly uh, ready to call him the best defensive player of all time yet. Why? Moving on to, (laughs) because <laughs> he's not Lawrence Taylor and he's not a pedophile. Um, moving on to the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, who went 12 and four last year, winning the Pete. division, but lost <laughs> to the shut up, lost <laughs> to the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card round. Uh, the best part of the Seattle Seahawks season was, in my opinion, was DK Metcalf. This was a pick that. Some people liked, some people hated because, yes, he has the obvious physical tools that anyone would want, but his route running, his hands, all the things that a receiver you would want from weren't there when he was drafted. So, you know, if if he worked out, which he has, you have a great receiver, but if he didn't, he would have been an all-time bust. But he does emerge as a top receiver, probably in the top seven or eight heading into this year. Um, Mitchell, what are your with your Marshawn Lynch Seahawks jersey on? What was yeah. your best from the Seahawks season last year? My best was uh, those first six weeks of Russell Wilson before I dumped him off on somebody else in fantasy. <laughs> I was letting Russ cook. He looked amazing, and I their offense was kind of just like plain Jane and obvious. So obviously, people were going to figure that out. Yeah. And then he wasn't amazing. (laughs) 
Lake, do you have another best from Seattle season last year? Um, mm, nah, probably just the first six weeks of Russ. Always, always great stuff there. But yeah, DK emerging as a is an amazing receiver is always a, always a plus. You know, he's got. The, I think he'll be great for years to come. And I'm a little bit mad because we took Andy Isabella over him, but <laughs> you know, sometimes but I mean, you make. Right, he's a- He's a good fourth guy. He'll be a pretty good kick return. Yeah, Come on. He's, don't, he's, don't, a, he's don't, a fifth. I think he's a fifth guy now. He's a fifth. Don't be so down on yourself. Larry, if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, he's a sixth. Sixth guy. <laughs> he is behind Larry Fitzgerald's corpse. Behind his cleats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the worst from Seattle last year was the pass defense. They finished, I believe it was dead last, or it was at least in the top or the bottom five for yards, touchdowns, completions, any, pretty much any passing category you can find. They were, they were towards the bottom in it. And that was because their superstar safety is an edge rusher. Um, do Mitchell, do you have any other worsts from Seattle's season last year? And I swear to God, if you say it was the last 10 games of Russell Wilson's season. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to say it was – the pass rush sucking outside of a safety because yeah. they, they traded for Dunlap and he did okay. But before that, they had absolutely nothing going for them on defense, pass rush wise. They did sign convict Alden Smith to increase. Oh, they, the, uh, they did. I thought he already got or in trouble. They might, he might not have made the team, but they gave him an offer or they gave him a contract in like June. I saw that scrolling through the transactions. Uh, Lake, do you have a different worst or a, you know, anything to say about the worst part of Seattle season? Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the passing, passing defense, bad, uh, pass rush, bad, O line, bad, Seattle Seahawks organization, atrocious. Now, um, Cardinal. with Russ there, he's just been carrying that franchise through its. It's that for it's just a corpse. It's a corpse with Russell Wilson on it, and it'll always do good because of that guy. But I mean, am I wrong? Am I am I wrong? I don't know if are I'm the quite Seahawks there yet. I mean, there's are the Seahawks not a corpse? Seattle, Seattle is very uh, top heavy. I guess would be the word. They have yeah. a couple positions with a very very good player, and then the positions without that good player it, it's very bad like it's their replacement level players i mean obviously you have bobby wagner jamal adams dk metcalf tyler lockett those guys mm. and then it's just really really bad players at just about every yeah, other position filled with... yeah. so that moves us on to the off season which was pretty scary one for those in seattle's front office where it looked like for a few days to a week that Russell Wilson was going to request a trade and force his way out of Seattle. That uh, obviously didn't end up happening. He just voiced his concern about, you know, the offensive line, kind of uh, Aaron Rodgers situation where he felt like he wasn't being helped by the organization, but to a much lesser degree, they didn't assess any of those needs and they didn't do anything about any of them except for a Gabe Jackson signing. But, he did. They didn't. They didn't have to trade Russell Wilson. And if you don't have to trade Russell Wilson, that's a win. The win. Yeah. Mitchell, did you did you think that Russell Wilson was going to get traded? No, I didn't actually think. And I feel like he was kind of trying to call their bluff and force them into a situation that Aaron Rodgers wanted years ago, but is only just coming out about now. Because he he got sacked a lot and it's justifiable for him to actually want to force them into protecting him. Blake, were you of the thought that he was out of Seattle? No, no, not really. Um, but yeah, it's, it's completely understandable where he's coming from. You know, he sees all these other quarterbacks, you know, getting, you know, I want to pampered, I guess. Um, you know, like Mahomes, Brady, all that sort of stuff. And he's like, Hey, I want to kind of, not get sacked was the number like 450 times since like their Super Bowl win. Yeah. (laughs) Last year. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but yeah, I completely understand where Russ is coming from. But yeah. this year has been a lot of QB turmoil, a lot of it. Yeah, no. and that that itself made me think that Russell Wilson was gone. I think I was just like in the moment, also as a team that needs a quarterback. Um, <laughs> great, great. Yeah, just just like all of, and it's crazy because I mean, I guess Stafford, but there wasn't like a huge saga around him. But between Watson, Wilson, and Rodgers, if you would have told me that not one of them got moved, I mean, granted with the Watson massage room stuff. <laughs> yeah, a different situation. That, you know, before that came out, if you would have told me that Russell Wilson, Rodgers, and uh, Deshaun Watson would have ended up on the same team, like never left, not one of them left, I would have, I would have been shocked because I thought for sure one of them was gone. Probably thought Russell Wilson was the least likely, but I was just caught up in the moment of every quarterback wanting out, and I was I was for it because I love I love crazy things to happen in the NFL. <laughs> um, Doesn't the only other notable offseason move? Uh, they extended Jamal Adams, which four years, seventy million seems like a lot to me. But I do, you know, I do understand what he provides to a team. It's not the traditional sense of what the safety usually provides, but he does something, right? Yeah, nine sacks, I guess that's something. Yeah. Well, like, go ahead. What are, what are, what were your thoughts on the extension? Um, I thought, well, I thought it was kind of necessary for them because they have no other pass rush at all. They did manage to get Gabe Jackson in a trade, I believe. So that helps too. Cause that O-line yeah. was still spotty. Yeah, he was, he was part of their, their offensive line. Classic, yeah, Gruden. classic Gruden ego. <laughs> Gruden and Mayock. Gruden's dumb idiot. Yeah, I mean, Jamal's one of the top safeties in the league. You got to pay him. So, eh, it might, might be a little bit too much, but because he's not that traditional safety. But he did get nine sacks. Yeah, he, he did get nine sacks. So, he does Which do is probably more than they had well. as a team. Outside of him, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. I agree yeah. with Mitchell because, as weird as it is, he's probably the best pass rusher they have, and there weren't any hitting the market outside of Shaq Barrett, Carl Lawson, Hendrickson. And, uh, you know, you yeah, and you also just paid two first round picks for Jamal Adams, which we can yeah. talk all day about. You know, maybe yeah. that was the wrong move, but it would just you would look like an idiot if you trade two first round picks and then not even two seasons later, just let him walk. Yeah. So I totally understand why you pay him maybe a little bit too much, but otherwise he's going to walk because clearly he is very vocal about when he doesn't want to be on a certain team, (laughs) which yeah. And also Gabe Jackson, I don't think there's needs to be much said solid offensive lineman better than what they had. They also just that. extended Dwayne Brown today. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that. I like the change at offensive coordinator, too, because they were running a pretty obvious system where it was mostly just deep routes for DK and Tyler. Yeah. And yeah. I think Russ said that it was actually one of the most complex playbooks he's seen before. So hopefully – it's not just a black and white system anymore, and they don't figure Russ out by week six anymore. <laughs> That'll be nice. And Finally you, get some MVP votes. Yeah, you bringing up a coordinator. I said it before the show. I was like, I when we needed when we do the Rams offseason, I need to bring up Brandon Staley. Completely forgot it. Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator, the manufacturer, the number one defense in the league. He goes to LA. He was already- to. <laughs> Yeah, go turn the Chargers into a defensive juggernaut and their offense be average. Um, <laughs> anyway. Damn. Damn. Anyway. Anyway, before we start. Not like he wasn't Steelers a quarterback. Anyway. Right? No. <laughs> oh, man, the Steelers, right, Mitchell? Right? You ganging up on the Steelers guy? Oh, shut well, up. They suck. You were the worst <laughs> team in the league two years ago. Like, you don't even remember that. Ceiling floor. He wasn't there for Dude. that. Seattle Seahawks, Mitchell, I'll start with you. Ceiling, 12 wins, floor, 10 wins. They got a very narrow window. They win about 10 to 12 games every year, it feels like. Yeah. Lake, ceiling, floor, 
Um, ceiling. Seventeen and zero. <laughs> uh, Twelve floor. I'm gonna give him eight. Give him eight. Eight. eight wins. I don't like I'm... them. <laughs> I don't like them. That's not. That's not. Russ, bias. I don't Russ like them. That, that is. That is. Not Russ carries them, guys. That is not biased. As much as it might sound like it, I don't like them. I don't like them. Russ, Russ is, that that to sounds them where they biased. That sounds Russ pretty is like a, when you say I don't like them. <laughs> it makes you sound pretty Russ, biased. Russ is a golden horse carrying a coffin. All right. If we want to be honest, DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and Tyler Lockett, they're no. all employed by this organization. No, no they're care. not all. No. <laughs> they have a lot um, of stuff. Awesome. My ceiling, 13. I just no. feel like this new offensive coordinator is going to fix the Russ falling off. And when Russ right. is doing weeks one through six Russ things for eight, 17 games, eight games. <laughs> <laughs> two more games than him now. <laughs> when, he's, you know, when he's doing the things he did the first six weeks for eight weeks, <laughs> I mean, that adds at least one win, right? Um, no. Yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, the defense is awful, but the offense is great. The offensive line is not great, but they have between quarterback, running back, receiver, quarterback, running back, and two receivers, that's probably the best four in the league. Mm. Mm. Unless Clyde Edwards Hilaire breaks out this year. Well, I'm still not. DK and Lockett might be better than Tyreek and blank. Kelsey. Herbert Eckler. Oh, no, I'm saying two receivers. Two receivers. Oh, two receivers. Oh, two receivers. I was like, what? Quarterback, (laughs) running back, receiver, receiver. I'm not counting their because that would disqualify them from this conversation and it would ruin my point. Um, <laughs> I'd be losing. <laughs> yeah, ceiling thirteen wins, floor nine wins, and then before we wrap this up, uh, I'm just gonna ask: Is there no more? Than- <laughs> all, right, all right, yeah, that'll do it. That's it. Um, it. What are the chances that all four teams in this division make the playoffs? Mitchell, I'll start with you. Five percent. Five percent, really. I think the Saints are probably going to still make playoffs. And you got to imagine one of the teams from the North could sneak in, too, with the Vikings and Bears there. It's not exactly a cakewalk for them. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. NFC East is getting one, and that's it. That's pretty much yeah. predetermined. Oh, duh, duh. <laughs> uh, Lake, Lake, this might be the only chance the Cardinals make the playoffs. So you might want to be very careful with wow. the answer Wow. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not high. I'm gonna go with Mitchell. I'm gonna go like fifteen percent chance. So, but it's gonna be 15, Seattle. I was about that to doesn't. Say, it's gonna be Seattle. I was about to say with a fifteen percent chance, it would leave Seattle out. That would probably leave Arizona because what? I mean, I can't say because Seattle. If Kingsbury manned offense is nothing to be scoffed at. I can't say that with a straight face. I can't. I was was about to say you (laughs) scoffed at it all of the last year. You were scoffing it up. Galaxy brain. It'll be better this guys. Just give them one more year. Galaxy brain. Couldn't win. Couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes. Couldn't with Kyler Murray. So God knows he can't win with Kyler Murray because he is awful. <laughs> there are a lot of Kyler Murray supporters in the world. He's a running back. Yeah. There's six wow. of you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No a one wants to have that conversation when it's Lamar. I love the I love this dynamic that I have with my the quarterback of my biggest rival, where I just defend him at all costs. It's crazy. What are you doing? <sighs> Should be supporting Kyler, but no, he's five ten. And that's not adequate. Yeah, he's short, dude. I can't. Uh-uh. I can't support a football player that's shorter than I am. I just can't. This is a clothing brand, dude. Come on, it's K one. It's K one clothing. I think this, this, is, this is not. <laughs> Kyler Murray did not pay for sponsorship on this show. We will not advertise <laughs> K one clothing here. No. Uh-uh. no. That was not- no. When you edit it, please put a beep over it. Beep one clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just like 
cut it in and just say blitz and buckets clothing <laughs> link them to like a, a malware website <laughs> it forces you to listen to all their episodes. <laughs> it's a non-stop loop on all of your bluetooth devices that's how you get them so you get the audience of the most recent episode yeah, what do you think? Oh, like man, Rogan we really got to figure that out. I, I do want to add a bold take right before we go out. James yeah. Connor over Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. No. Just, just so no. Kane can Hell hear no. this and Hard. get mad without being able to argue in person. <laughs> Hard no. Hard Stick no. Screaming Philip at his Lindsay like, will roll Philip Lindsay will roll out of bed and get 1,200 yards. James Connor just can't do that. All right, well, that does it for our division outlook. And like uh, a good friend of mine tends to say, we're going to try and get this podcast out weekly. We're going to try and be a little bit more consistent with this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to try and get out weekly stuff. Like I said in the last podcast, week one right. outlook, uh, awards, right. stuff like that. Uh, week one outlook, or the next episode, we'll have outlook for week one, our picks. And then maybe we'll do award predictions. So that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys for listening. You're welcome.